Hi, my name is Pete Gibbons from My Life is Sega, and you're listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, your weekly Sega chat podcast. I hope your week went okay and you're feeling happy and energized. It's hard to believe March is already almost over, which means this is our sixth episode of the season, and it really feels like I just came back yesterday. If your reaction to that last sentence was six episodes, why not take some time this week to go back and listen to all season seven shows? From retrospectives to community and industry guests, I do feel like we've had a solid start to the season. And consider following the podcast on your favorite app so you stay up to date with all new episodes. It's now time for episode 177. Let's talk about it. This week, I'm joined by Pete Gibbons, author of the very personal My Life with Sega book, which you can buy from Amazon or Lulu.com. This is a different kind of book to the ones we usually talk about here on the show, as it's more of a personal journey told by the author and one I can totally relate to as a Sega fan since childhood. Check out the interview and learn more about Pete and his book, My Life with Sega, Growing Up as a Sega Fan. Hello, Pete. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure. How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. It's been an interesting day, been looking forward to this. Same here. Always nice to have fellow community members with interesting projects. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about My Life with Sega, mm-hmm. a book you, you wrote, which is not something that I, I, I usually do, to be honest. Mm-hmm. haven't had many people on the show who are authors. Of, of awesome Sega books, Sega-related books, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. I think this is an interesting project because I, I actually can identify and relate to you in, in many, on many levels. Yes. <laughs> um, but before we get into the, the project itself, the book itself, would you like to tell us a little bit about how you got into video games as a whole in Sega specifically? Yeah, I mean, it was all, all my parents' fault, really. Um, they used to play video games on the Commodore VIC-20 before I could even remember it. And they would sit up till 3, 4 a.m. playing, I think it was called City Bomber, which is very simple, pixelated, playing going across the screen and bombing buildings so it could land. Um, and yeah, I played on that when I was very young, didn't know what I was doing. Then we had a Atari 800XL. Um, I was aware of the Sega name because they published a few games on that, like Tapper and Up and Down, but at the time it didn't mean anything. And then, yeah, one evening my dad says, "Who wants a new computer?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "This is this is the best best thing ever." Um, yeah, and we just 
jumped into the home shopping catalog. As I wrote in the book, I was stupid because the Mega Drive was already available. <laughs> um, but I thought, I'll go for the Master System because it's 8-bit. And I thought 8-bit meant it was easy to set up because there's only 8 bits to put together, whereas 16-bit, it'd be more complicated because there'd be more wires and cables and things to do. So I went for the 8-bit. I have to say, it makes a lot of sense. In my child brain, it made perfect sense. I think so. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Though. I think yeah. my dad was happy because obviously it was cheaper as well. Um, <laughs> but in a way, I'm glad because I would have been really disappointed to miss out on the Master System because it was and still is an amazing console. So if I did jump straight to Mega Drive, I would have missed out on some amazing games. So yeah, more than happy, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually missed out on the, the Master System. I mm -hmm. went straight into the Mega Drive. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... Everyone I know that started with the Master System just loves the Master System. Yeah, so nostalgic. Defended fights for it to the death. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely right? Should. So definitely it's, it's, it's definitely a, a charming machine yes. <laughs> in its own right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So any, and you know, people who read the book will get to learn more about your history with, mm. with video games and Sega and stuff and yes. your favorites or, but... And not wanting to spoil things because people should buy the book. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say, like in your early years as a Sega fan, what were like the top three games for you as a child? Uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World was because that was the first game I played, and it was just mind blowing. Just it was just bright and colorful, and the music was so catchy. Because mm -hmm. before I was playing games on the Atari and this was just like a step up even though the Atari was 8-bit as well this felt this felt like a massive step up so it was that and on the Master System Land of Illusion and Castle of Illusion mm -hmm. Castle of Illusion for some reason makes me think of my childhood birthdays I don't even remember if I got it for my birthday but it just reminds me of kind of like being an excited child for birthdays um, and then yeah later on Mega Drive Sonic of course I'm a huge huge Sonic fan um, so I think I had Sonic 2 was the first game on the Master System I played, perhaps Sonic 1. It's hard to remember, to be honest. Um, but he just appealed to me immediately. Just this blue hedgehog, super fast. And yeah. I just fell in love and I just was drawing him constantly. I still draw him now when I'm at work and there's a bit of a lull. I just, you know, draw a quick Sonic to pass the time. <laughs> um, bit of a chill session, just drawing Sonic. It's, uh, yeah, something I've always done. So yeah, I would say probably Sonic is the the main thing that kept me kept me in love with Sega for a while. But mm -hmm. you know, Streets of Rage and Golden Axe and Mickey Mouse games, yeah, there's so much, just so yeah. much on there that I was in love with. Yeah, I when I got the book and I was just like randomly browsing, mm -hmm. I I just oh look, this game I love. Oh, this one I love too. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have Many or have had many of the same experiences as you, apart from the master system. Mm. Uh, growing up, that was not a part of my my childhood, but yeah. and many of the games that you mentioned as like highlights, yeah, they were highlights for me as well, which is very nice. That's kind of what I was hoping for. I was hoping for because obviously the story is about me finding these games and kind of what was happening, how these games affected me, what my life was doing. And I wanted people to be able to relate to that if they could. It didn't matter if they didn't. They could still read about the games and think, oh, I loved that game. 
But I've had so many people say, oh, I, I remember feeling that way when I found that game. I remember feeling that way when uh, I was going to get my new console. And that's what I love. That's kind of what I wanted for mm-hmm. people just to think, oh, I remember feeling that good as a child. Because being excited as a child is the, ma- the best thing. You, you, <laughs> miss, you miss that feeling as you get older. But just the idea that you're going to get a new, a new game for your birthday, it was just the most exciting thing. So yeah, that's, I've had people relate to all those feelings and it's been really nice for them to say that kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. You get a bit jaded as you grow up, right? Yes. 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 Cynical. Like, yes. yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's all about the, like, uh, the, the, the graphics and whatnot. Mm. And back in the day, if things were colorful, the music was like bright and cheery yeah. and you could like have a brilliant gameplay. Yeah. You'd be, even if the game was crap. You'd be happy to have a new game to play, yeah, right? Definitely. <laughs> um, but imagination comes into it as well because I can't remember if it was on the Commodore, but there was a Bruce Lee game. I think I think there's a ROM hack for it for the Master System now. And looking back in my mind, there was this stage with lava, and I can remember it with this big red glow and the lava falling. But then you watch a video on YouTube, and it's just these red dotted pixels just you know falling down the screen and i think a lot of imagination as a child comes into these games and kind of creates a bigger world around them which is nice you can't get that now because because everything is right there for you the graphics the world the characters is is right there and it's telling you exactly what developers want you to know whereas as a child you could kind of make up your own little stories in your head and yeah i miss that yeah for sure yeah definitely and so you mentioned the 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 feelings of getting games so this is not I think the usual kind of book about games that people can are used to getting, yeah, right? Agreed, agreed. Like a, a usual description of what the game is, like maybe stories regarding development or something, which yeah. is nice, mm. but it's not the, the goal of this book, right? So when you decide, by the way, why did you decide to do this? What happened in your life that motivated you to, to start this project? And what was the goal? Well, ever since I was a kid, I've always done projects on Sega. Um, Back when I was at school, we had activity days. I think I'd hurt my foot or something and I couldn't do the activities. So they said, just write something about your hobby. So I did this huge project on my hobby playing Sega Mega Drive. And I went well above and beyond because I just loved writing about it. And I got, you know, gold stars and everything for it. And that was really good. And then at college, we did a project where we had to stand up and talk about pop culture and how it relates to other types of pop culture so everybody was talking about movies and music and i thought i'll do video games and how video games relate to movies and music like there are movie tie-ins and there's actual bands who create music for video games and i had sega saturn games playing in the background to illustrate my points um and then back in 2012, I created my own book. I got it printed at work and just bound it myself of my games collection. I laid it all out and had photos and screenshots, but there wasn't much input for me. It was all just review quotes from magazines and um, stuff from the back of the box. And maybe there's a slight bit from me, but that mm-hmm. was about it. And I posted it on, I think on Facebook on a few groups and people were like, oh, I'd buy that if you release that. And I was like, huh, that gets me thinking. <laughs> so I was just going to do an updated version of that, but I thought there's so many books out there, so many amazing books that just that tell you about the games, about the development, as you say, and you know how the game plays, all the mechanics. And I thought mine just won't stand out. I don't think I wanted to do something a little bit different. And 
I have so many thoughts and feelings with these games, like an emotional connection to these games. So I thought, why not do that? Why not write about how I was feeling, what my life was doing when I was playing these games, how these games brought me closer to my family and my friends. And so that's what I chose. And it started with, I think, 25 games. I thought that was going to be it. And I was writing more and more and more. And it's just kept on going. And I was, I was, I was loving it. It was like, I finally felt like I had a proper purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And I ended up with 75 games because I felt like I had enough of a story for each of these games. But then there were other games I wanted to mention. So I had like honorable mentions. So I had an honorable mention with each game. So I ended up writing about 150 games in total. And yeah, I just kept on writing and writing. And, and that's how I got to where I am. Excellent. What was the, the goal when writing this? Obviously, as you said, to differentiate yourself from other books, more maybe technical books, right? But what was the purpose, the actual purpose of doing this? I, the main goal was to prove to myself that I could do it, I think. Um, it was just something I wanted to do. And if people kind of gravitated towards it and appreciated it, that was just an amazing added bonus. Um, and because I have, I'll call them talents, I don't know if anybody will agree, but I can write, write, I can, I can draw and illustrate okay, I can design pages all right. I just thought a book is kind of just bringing all of that together, um, just mm-hmm. writing and illustrating and laying out pages and stuff. And that's just really what I wanted to do. I just wanted a project that I could work on that I was passionate about and I would hopefully find like-minded people who would also find passion in it too and just as I say before relate relate to the stories inside and that was just the main goal really and if it sold amazing and that's that's what I went for yeah excellent I think what you said about the you know the way of differentiating your book from others is talking about the feelings yeah. that you felt yeah. when playing these games or picking yeah. them up for the first time. Mm. The actual life events around getting a new game, mm. right? Yeah. That's what's different here. And that's what's interesting about this book and what makes people relate to it. Yeah, I mean, I own, I own a lot of the books um, that talk about games and I love them. Um, and that's why I want to do something different. I didn't feel like I could write anything that would stand out from the crowd if I just wrote about games, which is why I mm-hmm. wanted to do, do something different. And games have been such a huge part of my life. Um, I mean, my dad and I, we don't have a lot in common, um, but we have gaming in common. We'd play World of Illusion together and Toejam and L2, Panic on Funkatron, um, together, and that kind of brought us together. The same with my mum. We'd watch 90s movies together, but we would play Saturn Bomb Man, which was her favorite game, and she was better than me at it, which is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that got us together. And my brother, not so much. It was it was tough to get my brother into games. Um, he would play a few sports games, so I bought us um, Sega World Boy Soccer 97. I'm not a football game fan, but we love playing that together. Um, and yeah, and friends as well. Friends would gravitate over, and we would just play games together. And just yeah, there's so many happy memories from playing video games. And I don't know, back when I was a child, it was almost taboo to talk about games. When I was at school, yeah. um, I was always kind of championing them and I was always talking about them, but it was always quite hushed. Like my friends, they were gamers occasionally, but they didn't want to talk about it. It was almost embarrassing. Um, but now, you know, everybody talks about it. It's this huge industry and everybody's proud to be a gamer. And so, yeah, it was nice. It's nice how it's developed and it's nice how I found 
people of that ilk when I was a child, even though they they didn't really want to talk about it back then. So yeah, it's uh, there's just yeah, a lot of my life is connected to games I was playing at the time, and that's what I wanted yeah. to write about. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. What is it about Sega that makes it such a great company to follow into, <sighs> to fall in love with? Oh, I don't know. Um, see, Nintendo wasn't on my radar back when we chose the Master System. I don't know why. I can't remember why I just chose Sega. I th- think, like I said, I saw Sega's name um, appearing on the back of the set boxes. Um, but playing the games, I know just the, it's it sounds very atypical, but the blue skies and the jaunty music, um, the characters, I mean, particularly Alex Kidd and Sonic. And just as a kid, you kind of, you do become emotionally connected to things. Mm-hmm. I mean, people say, oh, it's just a company. They just want your money. Sure. But as a kid, you become connected to things like He-Man was just made to sell toys. But as a kid, you fall in love with these characters and you fall in love with the cartoon. Whereas a cynical person would say, no, it's just there to make money. But you have this emotional connection. And that was the same for me. And every game I played was an event. And I just couldn't wait to play the next game. Because again, as a child, you have one game, or as at least I did, one game for Christmas, one game for birthday, and you had to make it last. So you would just get everything you could possibly out of that game and really just delve in as deeply as you could just to keep it going, keep it interesting until six months later, you finally had something new to play. And I can't particularly say why Sega in general. It's just that's what I grew up with. And that's what I'm passionate about. And that's where a lot of my nostalgia comes from and Sonic because I fell in love with Sonic <laughs> and I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to grow out of Sonic. I thought it might've happened by now. It's not going to happen. Um, I love Sonic frontiers um, immensely. So yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to grow out of Sonic. Um, so yeah, it's just, and I think also it's harder to appreciate Sega now, which kind of makes it a bit more special. Like with Nintendo, you've still got a lot of its major franchises still running strong. Um, with Sega, you can't just play a new Golden Axe, you can't just play a new Comic Zone or Vector Man, um, which kind of makes it a bit more special being able to go back and play these games that aren't just readily available, unless you buy a compilation or, you know, buy the game on Steam or something. Um, but there's no new games in these worlds, sad- yeah. sadly. And I just feel like that makes it a bit more special. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's not as easy to uh, delve in as you can with other franchises. It's not as mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Right. No, no. Um, I mean, in the UK, it was, especially the master system was a bigger deal than say in the US, um, which I'm happy about because it means I can collect more games for it. Um, But yeah, not much until recently, not much was really said about Sega. It was always Nintendo. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, at the time, it was more niche, and that kind of made it feel a bit more special, like you're in this more exclusive club, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Actually, I'm I'm from Portugal, mm-hmm. and in Portugal, Sega was the only thing. Oh, really? Basically, I think there was during the the NES period. I don't think the NES was that common mm-hmm. in my country. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of Famiclones. Yeah, there were a lot of them. And even when we were like in the Saturn period, the, the 32-bit period, mm-hmm. 
there were still a lot of Famiclones being sold. <laughs> and like, those like 64 games in one cartridges yep. being sold for, for those Famiclones. Mm -hmm. But Nintendo never really was that big of a deal uh, in terms of like retail presence here mm -hmm. until a certain point in time. Um, and so it was easier to be a Sega fan mm. back then, mm -hmm. I think. And if you liked video games, you probably had a, a Mega Drive or a Master System. Yeah. And then a Saturn, which was big here, much bigger than the PlayStation until a certain point in time as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's what probably one of the very few countries outside of Japan that really went all in on the Saturn. I should have I should moved to Portugal in the mid-90s then. <laughs> See? Better weather and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Better taste in games, maybe. But, but that all ended as well. So uh, it was just uh, f for a while. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's different. And, and mm. since Nintendo didn't have a really big presence here, even in, in terms of having like a, an official, uh, th there was a Sega Portugal. Yeah, yeah. There was a company that Sega made a deal with and they used the Sega brand, and if you, if the manuals would come translated into Portuguese with the Sega Portugal address and stuff, yeah, there were there was a, a club, Club Sega, yes, which I <laughs> I was a member of, nice. So and all of that is part of my memories as well. So uh, kind of different experiences, but I I know where you, where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. In terms of the memories you write about and the, you know, the feelings related to Sega and, and their games, so I say the people at school who did talk about games, they had Sega. I don't remember anybody having Nintendo. I, I know a friend had a Game Boy, and he brought it in, and we played Mortal Kombat on that. But I don't remember anyone having a uh, NES or a Super NES or NES and Super NES, as we would call them back then. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a few friends had a Mega Drive, like I mentioned in the book about a friend who. The uh, the one with the rich parents who just happened to give him a couple of Mega Drive games, and I was seething with jealousy because I had to wait to, <laughs> wait till Christmas to get even hope to get my hands on those things. Um, but yes, Nintendo just it was never really on my radar when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, and then when the Saturn came about, as you mentioned, it was obviously between the Saturn and PlayStation, and I was truthfully never going to leave Sega. And I was kind of aware even then because I didn't get the Saturn until 1996. I had to get a part-time job and save up for it. Um, but there, yeah, there's a review of uh, Ridge Racer Revolution and Sega Rally in a magazine. And Sega Rally just looked far more appealing. So I went for the Saturn and that kind of sealed my decision. Um, mm. And I don't regret it. There are so many games on PlayStation I, I, I am sad I missed out on, though I have played more of them recently. But again, the Saturn had so many great experiences. I mean... Panzer Dragoon series is incredible, especially the third one, um, which I adore and I need to go and play through again at some point. Um, Burning Rangers, Nights into Dreams, Fighters and Mega Mix. Um, I never got into Japanese Saturn collecting, which is something I might be interested in. Um, so I only really have the PAL um, UK releases, but yeah, I, I love the Saturn. It's it's an amazing console and yeah. doesn't get the love it deserves. Um, same with the Dreamcast. I mean, I, that was the first console I bought on release day. Um, yeah, queued up for it on release day, and it was uh, very exciting. 
I bought every magazine with any mention of the Dreamcast in. Because <laughs> by that point, I had my own job, so I could easily afford it and still living at home. It was, uh, yeah, it was a good time to be a uh, gamer. I, I had to save up for it mm -hmm. for a few months, actually. Yeah. I, I, I've talked about this several times, but the, the first thing that I bought was Sonic Adventure. Yeah, same. Because I had enough money for Sonic Adventure, but I, I needed a little bit more for the, the console itself. So mm -hmm. I had Sonic Adventure on my desk mm -hmm. for months, <laughs> taunting me, yeah. like, you can play me, yeah. loser, you have to wait. <laughs> it was torture. It's been distressing. I tortured myself a little bit. Back when I had the Mega Drive, um, my parents couldn't afford to get me the Saturn. Um, and I thought, I'm just never going to get it. Because at that point, I didn't know how I was going to make any money. But I had this um, Saturn promotional booklet, and it was exactly the same size as the Mega Drive 2. And it was an image of the basic top of the Saturn. So I would uh, just place it on top of the Mega Drive and pretend I had a Saturn and just sit there <laughs> pretending. I think if I pretended hard enough, it would it would come true. But no, I had to get a part-time job cleaning at the local pub to be able to afford it. But uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was torture. But talking, yeah. about, talking about manual, I remember I got um, Sonic R. Christmas and I went to my auntie's as I always did every Christmas but I wasn't allowed to play the Saturn until after dinner and dinner was late and I was just pouring over that manual I must have read it five times just I need to play this game <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy uh, kids today don't understand what this all is which no, is no. a bit of a shame yeah I think I think that's why as older older guys I'll say um prefer the physical collections at least I do. Yeah, it's just the tactile mm. thing. Like sometimes I'll just go to my collection and just open a game, flick through the manual, and just just you know have it in my hand. It's nice just to have a bit of nostalgia and just remember what it was like. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's nice. But yeah, Sonic Adventure. Yeah. I was so excited for Sonic Adventure. Um, I was reading about it and what because the early Dreamcast magazine came with like a VHS video on it, so I watched videos of it and I was ridiculously excited i was dreaming about it like constantly dreaming about playing sonic adventure until i could finally uh get my hands on it and that was yeah that was incredible yeah i remember i had a like a found a spanish magazine i say magazine was more like a, a guide yeah but not really that thorough mm -hmm. uh and it had all six stories and it, and it explained yeah, the, well, the characters like this the story and the the different levels and i didn't want to spoil the story mm -hmm. but at the same time i wanted to at least look at the the screenshots yeah and yeah again torture mm -hmm. but but so good <laughs> yeah i just remember um back in the day i just remember thinking i think by that point i was completely into story driven games because when i was playing on the master system and mega drive i didn't get into role-playing games um just all the stats and all the all the words it just kind of put me off i was into platform games and that was it i remember sonic 3 and knuckles um there was a bit at the end where sonic fights knuckles and then kind of defeats him then robotnik steals master emerald and electrocutes knuckles and he's exhausted but he helps sonic up up and stuff and i just felt i felt a sudden emotional connection to these characters which i never yeah. really, really felt before and it's like oh i need more of that but it wasn't until panzer dragoon saga that i actually played a role-playing game and that game had such an impact on me i just i never thought you could get so connected to a story or characters in a game um obviously people who played role-playing games before were just you know old 
old hand at that. They they knew what to expect, but this was a revelation. And so Sonic Adventure, um, yeah, having a story and characters and emotional pits, it was another thing that drew me to it. I mean, love love playing it. I mean, Speed Highway just charging down the hill at start Speed Highway is yep. still still a thrill now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the emotional connection to the character in that, and then that drew me drew me to Skies of Arcadia and Grandia Two, and just yeah, it made me realize I just love story games. More recently, I haven't because the open worlds it's like you'll do a bit of story then you'll spend what, 20 hours just doing bits and bobs and you come back to the story and you've forgotten about it <laughs> but i just uh completed god of war ragnarok um mm-hmm. at, the, at the weekend and that was incredible just again it just brought me back to just loving these characters and just wanting to spend time with these characters and i haven't felt that for quite a while in games so that just reminded mm-hmm. me of just when i was younger and just missing these characters when you weren't playing and just rejoining them and yeah that's that's another thing I love about gaming, not just the interactivity, just the emotional connection. Um, again, when you were younger, that was considered silly to have an emotional connection over a game, but again, now it's it's how it is. It's expected. Yeah, just probably silly because people were not really. I don't think people understood mm. what video games were or could be. Yeah, right. It's like it's a game. It's like a toy. Mm. Really, like it's a, a plaything. Mm. It's much more than that. And it's obviously, since it's uh, a million or billion dollar mm-hmm. <laughs> industry right now, yeah. people are interested yeah. and they want their share. But uh, back then, I, I don't think people understood, really understood what games could be. No. Apart from the people making them yeah. and the ones enjoying them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were limited by uh, the technology, but you could see they had big dreams behind them. Yeah. 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 It's also it's also the music as well. It's like I, I was ridiculed at school for loving music. I would put my tape recorder up against the TV and record Mega yeah. Drive music. And I've, <laughs> I've still got I've still got the cassettes of Mega Drive music. And I would listen to them over and over because I, I loved I loved just the music it was giving. And then the Saturn came along and you could play some of the games in a CD player if you just skip past the first track, which was the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do that and download them as MP3s when when I could. And now I just own a lot of physical soundtracks of Sega games. Especially Sonic games because there's so many, so much great music in Sonic, and that's another thing. It's just there's some incredible pieces of music, and even when you talk to people now, they still think it's like plinky plonky digitized stuff, which again is fine because that sounds amazing too. They don't realize there are full orchestras doing some of these tracks. I mean, again, talking about God of War, just the music in that is incredible. But even back in the nineties, the music is amazing. I mean, probably one of the catchiest tracks I've ever heard is. Alex Kidd in Shinobi World, the first level. It's just ridiculously oh, sure. it's just ridiculously catchy. Um and yeah, I just I love the music in the games as well. It also a bit like film scores, you can listen to music, it takes you back to a time when you were just genuinely happy. That's nice. That t- that that <laughs> makes me happy. That makes me feel good. So yeah, it's the music as well that um does it for me. It's just the whole package really. How can you not love yeah, how can you not love sure. it? How can you not love it? Yeah. That's the- the point yeah yeah Definitely. okay so uh, another question for you okay how big of a sega of the modern sega fan are you Whoa. how big of a fan of the modern sega are you that's the question i'm not much <laughs> of a fan of many of their uh, uh franchises like i tried to get into yakuza and i couldn't um okay. i feel like i need to try again and give another chance oh. um but yeah i can get into it um total war games mm. 
I mean, they have kind of been going back to their old franchise, like there's rumors of a new Jet Set Radio, which uh, could be quite exciting. Um, and I, I, they've been releasing the, you know, the Astro City Mini and the Mega Drive Mini 1 and 2, which is exciting. Um, but every time they do like a showcase or something, I always feel disappointed that there's not more classic Sega in there. And that's just a, that's just subjective. That's that's my opinion. There are people who love Yakuza and whatever else Sega is putting out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just yearn for classic Sega franchise to be brought back. I mean, Streets of Rage 4, but that wasn't really developed by Sega. Um, then there's the Alex Kidd remake, which wasn't developed by Sega. We've got all these, these fans, which Sega like, yeah, yeah, you can use our franchises doing these amazing comebacks. But just imagine a Golden Axe like recent God of War. That'd be amazing. And just imagine a beautifully cel-shaded Comic Zone release now with all the ideas that it had back then realized in a AAA game now. It would just be incredible. I just I just miss miss the franchises. So mm-hmm. I yeah. am still a fan of Sega, but mainly for their history. Okay. Rather than their present. Sonic Frontiers, I, I loved. So, yeah, because okay. I, I still love Sonic. So, yeah, they're putting out stuff that I will still buy and I still love. But I just wish they would just delve mm-hmm. into their franchises a bit more. I would say try Yakuza again. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend you trying that again. And since they're all on Game Pass, it's really easy to, to try them. Yakuza Zero is probably the easiest one to get into. Yeah, And it's 80s themed as well. Mm-hmm. So there's that nostalgia thing feel as well with like the the soundtrack and everything yeah Yeah, i did feel defective when i wasn't enjoying it i was like what is wrong with me maybe i'm just not in the right frame of mind or something so i do definitely need to go back and and give them a try because i've heard so many good things and i was like why aren't i getting this it's almost like it was (laughs) yeah it wasn't like i was enjoying it's just i'm not getting this and maybe i just wasn't in the right frame of mind for it i think it's you your expectations have to be right Mm -hmm. so you you we're probably expecting something, yeah. And it's not—it's not that serious of a game, mm-hmm. right? There's like an emo- a very emotional story usually, very well written, usually, a lot, lot of twists and turns and stuff. Yeah. But um, but it's also it's got some of the the silliest moments in gaming I've ever experienced. Yes. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> what sense does this make? Uh-huh. Like, silly side stories and subquests and stuff. Yeah. So, you can, I, I mean, you can hire a chicken to be, to manage property. Mm-hmm. You can have like a, a property manage, uh, management um, business and one of your employees can be a chicken. <laughs> Fair enough. Because why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. So, so that kind of wackiness is kind of missing from a lot of modern games. Um, yeah, it, it it's like Sega in a way, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like the spirit of Sega mm. is is in there. Mm. In in uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely recommend it mm. if you want to take the time and try it out. Yeah, I feel like I should. But it's obviously not for any for everyone. So yeah, no, I do feel like I I should I should like it, and that's why I was kind of disappointed in myself more than the game itself when I wasn't getting into it. So yeah, maybe I should give another. But don't try. feel pressured. No, no, yeah. And you call yourself a Sega fan? Yeah, I'm sorry. But no, but no pressure. I'm just, I'm just no a fraud. Pressure. That's all it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but no, 
No, don't you? <laughs> I'm not feeling any pressure whatsoever. <laughs> Okay, Pete, so it's time for a quick break from the conversation. Okay. And to do something else I like to do here on the Sega Lounge. Mm -hmm. I love all my guests, but it's time that someone puts them to the test. Oh, dear. It's time for the Sega Lounge Challenge. Okay. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> the Sega Lounge Challenge can be anything I want. Mm -hmm. You're a proper diehard Sega fan. So what we'll do is our traditional Ultimate Sega Fan Challenge. Okay. What is the Ultimate Sega Fan Challenge? Ten questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get to pick between not just questions, so questions and music. Yep. Okay, but each of these rounds, let's call it rounds, uh, you can choose to have uh, a hard question yep. or an easy question. Okay. If you choose a, an easy question, you can get one point if you get the, the, the right answer. If you go for a hard question, two points. Mm -hmm. So at the end, the goal is always to get at least 10 points out of the maximum 20. Okay. It's that hard, okay. usually. Mm -hmm. So 10 is more than enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you up for it? Sure. Let's give it a go. It doesn't matter because you're going to have to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 10 rounds, okay. starting with round number one, which is a question. Mm -hmm. So easy or hard? Let's see how hard hard is. We'll go hard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. Okay. Let's go with this one. In 2008 in Japan and 2009 in the West, Yuji Naka's studio Probe released a game that required the player to tap a flat surface with their hands to play. This is a Wii game that utilized the Wiimote's accelerometer to pick up the vibrations of the player's taps. What is the name of the game? Oh God, that's um. I don't know. I th I, I thought you were going to say you actually have that like a box. You you would put the the remote uh, upside down on the on the box, mm -hmm. and you would tap the box or a table like a flat surface. You would tap the flat surface, and the the Wii game, the Wii remote would pick up the vibrations and move the character or do whatever the mini game was. Uh, I'm going to have to say I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. No idea. No. Am I going to kick myself when you tell me? I don't know. Would you like to hazard a guess? I can't even, can't even guess. I never, <laughs> never had a Wii, so okay. I couldn't, couldn't even guess. Oh, no, I'm going to have to pass on that one. You're passing? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. That, okay. No, I was, I was thinking of 
Project Rub then on the on the DS. Um, was it was it not tap dancing? It wasn't like hand tap or let's let's tap was it was that is that something you tell me i feel like it's hand tap finger tap or let's tap let's tap let's go for that is that something i've just pulled out of so nowhere is there your final answer it's gonna have to be because i haven't got anything else <laughs> so which one let's tap yes yes is that even a thing is that even a thing yes. what do you think is that even a is there a game called Let's Tap? Maybe Pete Gibbons. Maybe. Yes. Pete yes. Gibbons. Yes, there is. There's a game called Let's Tap, and that's what it's called. <laughs> Your answer is correct. Oh nice. Yes. Oh, well wow. done. Where did I pull that from? That's okay. I'm quite proud that's of myself. A, that's a good job. I'm, I'm Project not... Rub was also yeah that a, was a good a good shot, but it's a DS yeah, game. Yeah, it's a DS game. Yeah. Huh. Okay, good job. So two points. I'm scared of the hard questions now, though. Great start. <laughs> okay, you're only eight. You only eight more points. Okay. Next up, we have a song. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not the whole song. It's like ten second long clip. Mm -hmm. And I w I will need the game. Yes. And where it plays in the game or level or name of the song, anything that shows me that you really know what the song is. Okay. Okay. If you get one point for the game, one point for the song title or level or whatever. Okay. Okay. Ready for the first one? Yep. Go for it. Yeah. Let's take a listen. Uh, Anything? It's Gunstar Heroes. Um, I'm not sure which level it is. Uh, but you can play the first three levels in any order, so that's confused me. Um, that is true. I'm going to say the first level, the kind of the wooded area. I could be mistaken. Uh, um Yeah, I'll just say the first, the first level. So the first, like from the left, right? Yes, yeah, like the wooded area. Yeah, the wooded yeah, area. Yeah. Okay. Is that your final answer? Hmm. Um, Are you really, really sure? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sure on the game. I know. I know the game. Um, so we can lock in Gunstar yes, Heroes. Gunstar Heroes. Yes. Okay. Until you tell me I'm completely wrong, and I'll be very embarrassed. No, no, no. no um, I won't. I, I'll just wait for the for the, the, the level or whatever. Uh, um, and then I'll tell you, baby, if you're. Yeah, I'm going to go for the go for the first level, the kind of wooded area. I don't know actually the name of it if it has a name. Okay. So Gunstar Heroes, mm -hmm. first level. Mm -hmm. The game is indeed. Gunstar Heroes. Mm -hmm. One point. Mm -hmm. Is it the first level, though? I don't know. <laughs> it is, yes. Oh, thank goodness for that. Good job. Thank Two you. points. Phew. You're crushing this. Ah. Oh. 
Oh, I'm amazed. So, so I am shouldn't I. be. I'm amazed. I shouldn't be, but oh, nice. Okay, so question number three. It's a question, so easy or hard? Uh, um, you scared me with the hard, so I'm going to go easy on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, um, so, so people who listen to this, to this show know that I'm a big Shenmue fan. Mm-hmm. There's usually a Shenmue question in here somewhere, okay. at least one. Okay. Let's go with this one. Okay. In the original Shenmue game, mm-hmm. Nozomi mm-hmm. helps her grandmother run what kind of shop? Oh, or one no. point. Oh, no. <laughs> what kind of shop? I can see her standing outside the shop. Um, the flower shop. I'm going to say flower shop. Are you asking or? I'm going to say flower shop. I could be mistaken, but that's what I'm going to say. You're going to say flower shop. Yeah. Are you sure? No. No, no I haven't played it since it came out originally. Um, and I can't remember, but I'm going to say flower shops. That's all I've got. So final answer. Yes. Flower shop. Mm. Not like a, a butcher shop or clothes shop. No. No. Hot dog stand. Don't think it was a hot dog stand. <laughs> <laughs> flower shop is the correct answer. Oh. Yes. That was just an educated guess. That was uh, <laughs> that wasn't easy. How dare you? <laughs> it was easy. See, you got the point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So let's go with the second song. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. So one point for the game, one point for the song itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Sonic Mania. Um, what is it? Sonic Mania. It's not Studiopolis. I know it's one of the the new ones. Um, it's the sand one, is it? What's the sand one called? Um... I, I don't know. I think. I can't think. Um, oh no, is it? S- um, sand, sand, sand. It's definitely the sand one. Um, oh, uh, Mirage Saloon. Yes, Sonic Mania, Mirage Saloon. Is that? Well, that's my answer. Um. Okay. So Mir- Mirage Saloon is indeed a, a level in a zone in in Sonic Mania. Mm-hmm. There are different acts, though. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, right? So uh, I'll just I'll go with that. Any act, idea? Act one. I've played Sonic Mania so much. I should be better at this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Act one. Okay. So Sonic Mania Mirage Saloon mm-hmm. is your answer. Mm-hmm. Sonic Mania is the game. Mm-hmm. So one point. Mm-hmm. 
and it's Mirage Saloon as well. Mm. It's it's Act Two, but ah, you know, yeah. I said y- you sh- you needed to know where it played, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, I, I think it's fair if I give you the point as well. So two points. Well Appreciate done. It. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. Good. Okay, so that means you have seven points mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so far, Good. and we're into question five. And you only need three more points yes. to make it. Yes. To make it out of this alive, at least. Okay. I didn't explain it was to the death. <laughs> did I? That's something you need you to mention my going in. Yeah. But I didn't have a choice anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Question number five. Easy or hard, Pete? Uh, let's have a hard one. A hard one. Yes. Okay. Interesting. What is the name? of Alex Kidd's girlfriend, according to the arcade version of Alex Kidd in The Lost Stars? Um, I feel like it's... Is it Maria? I think that's the name that's popped in my head. I could be mistaken. Um, so, Maria? Yeah. Um, Are you sure? No, not in the slightest. That's only <laughs> that's, that's only name that's popped in my head. Um, Why? Why Maria? I don't know. Is that because that's the? Oh no, that's that's um, probably because that's the girl in Shadow the Hedgehog, isn't it? Um, Maria. Yeah, Maria. No, so it's obviously not. Well, probably isn't. Gonna but be it Maria. could be. It could be. It could. Maria. It could well be. Um. I don't know. I'm going to need an answer. though. I haven't got anything else. I'm going to have to say Maria, but I don't think it is, but I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Wait. Should I lock it in? Yeah, go for it. Your answer is incorrect. Unfortunately. The correct answer was Stella. Oh. Stella. Makes sense. The name of... Alex Kidd's girlfriend. Interstellar, Lost Stars, that could make Lost sense. Lost Stars, yes. Yes. Oh, no. Maybe. I don't know if that's actually on purpose, but Nobody, makes sense. Nobody's going to buy the book now, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> no. Seven points still, okay. with five rounds to go. Okay. So you're doing great, actually. Number six, another song. Okay. Shall we give it a listen? Sure. I'd be so so upset with myself if I didn't get this. Um, Panzer Dragoon Saga, the title theme. That was a very quick answer. Are you sure? You like putting on tentacles, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm just <laughs> here to help, quote unquote, help. Um, yes, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I feel like it is Panzer Dragoon Saga, and it is the title screen theme it's the music that plays on the title screen you know half at least half of the challenge is dealing with me (laughs) the questions are aren't even that hard so your answer your final answer is panzer dragoon saga yes and the, the song is uh the full, na- the, full the full the full name um 
if it's the someone is I don't know how it's pronounced Sonomi Areru Exansi Two. That's the full name of the song, I believe. Um, that's the lyrics version. Sonomi Areru Exansi Two is the full name of the track, but it is this is the version that plays over the title theme, I believe. So that's locked in, right? Yes. And so I can now tell you that 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 name is the name of the the ending version mm-hmm. of the song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Pen's Dragon Saga is correct. Mm-hmm. Is it the title screen song, though? Pit Gibbons. It wow. is. It is. Yes. <laughs> Stop making me so worried. <laughs> Scaring me. The English title is Behold the Precious Wings. Oh, yes. Yeah. Valde Generosale. I don't know. Something like that, probably <laughs> in <laughs> Latin or whatever this is. Mm. Okay. So two points. You're yeah. doing a very good job. So nine points already. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we still have four rounds to go. Okay. So questions. Or another question, easy or hard, Pete? Which one? Uh, I'm going to go easy. Easy? Yes, I'm going to try and lock in that 10 points. Let's go easy. In World of Illusion, Hmm. how do Mickey and Donald attack their enemies? I know you know this one. With a, what do you call it? Like a magic cloak. Like a a sheet, a, uh, yeah. A blanket. <laughs> <laughs> a blankie. Yeah. Um, I, was there an actual name for it? It's just... Um, I don't know. This is like this, I, this sheet they waft in front of them and it... Yeah. Yeah. A, a cape. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A cape or a, a cloak. cloak. Yeah. Probably a cloak but would just, be the best, yeah, best yeah. description of what that thing is. Yeah. Correct. Say, One yes. point. Yes. Well done. Well done. And that's 10. Excellent. Excellent. So three rounds to go. Let's see where you can, wh- wh- how many points you can score. Okay. Because not many people get it get to ten points. So this is a a momentous occasion. Good. good. Question number eight. No, not question. Song number eight. This is the last song. Okay. And so we're gonna turn it up a little bit into hard mode. No, no. Okay. The song is reversed. <laughs> Great. Okay. Can you recognize this song even when played in reverse? Okay. Again, one point for the song, one point for where it plays in the game. Mm-hmm. Let's take a listen. Any idea? Um, Castle of Illusion. And it's the the toy stage, I think. Yeah, I'm going to say Castle of Illusion. The game is Castle of Illusion, you say? Yeah, and I think it's the um the kind of I don't know it's, if it has a name, but it's the the kind of like toy level. Mm-hmm. I think there is a toy level. Yes, in yes. Castle of Illusion. It's just a um makes me think of the toy level. So I'm going to I'm going to go with that. That's what I'm going to say. Final answer. Yes, final answer. No doubts about it. There are doubts. There's always doubts. <laughs> I, I live my life doubting everything, but yeah, I'm going to say, <laughs> going to say that. 
Okay. So it is indeed Castle of Illusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well done. Although mm. the level is the Enchanted Forest. Oh, is it? Level number one. Ah. Yeah. So not the toy land level. Oh, I just had the toy land. This is how it should have sounded. Obviously, the the eight bit version of mm-hmm. of Castle of Illusion, which is, right. I'd say, the better version. Oh, okay. Controversial. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if we can actually call one of them the better one. True. To be honest, I guess it's the, again the one I had more nostalgia for. Probably. This yeah. is more like a. There's more a puzzle solving element in this in the eight bit version. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's a little bit harder mm. than the sixteen bit. Yeah. The the other one is more like a straight platformer yeah yeah i did i did i, I love castle illusion it's the first game i ever completed and it was yeah i think that's probably why it holds such a high yeah. spot for me excellent and i'm not sure if you noticed this but i took the songs from games you mentioned in the book oh yes i'm glad i got the games <laughs> i'm glad i got the games right at least most of them or if not all of them were at least four stars mm-hmm. got four stars from you so yeah i knew you would probably recognize at least some of them and you got them all I'm which dis- is amazing disappointed I didn't get the stage in uh in castle illusion but yeah yeah I'm glad i got the games excellent so two questions left okay number nine is the last one in which you can pick uh, uh between an easy or hard question because number 10 is a hard question always so okay. would you like an easy one now or two <laughs> hard ones uh for variety's sake i'm gonna go easy <laughs> It's more embarrassing if I get the easy one wrong. That's a problem. (laughs) That's true. Okay. Let's go with this one. Is this easy? I think it probably is. In the original Sonic the Hedgehog for the Mega Drive, Mm -hmm. what is the code you need to input in the title screen to unlock level select? Uh, up, down, left, right, and hold A and press start. You sounded quite sure of yourself there. Oh, I use that many a time. Yeah, up, down, left, right, hold A and press start, and that should take you to the level select screen. Okay. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well done. One point. Okay. Question number 10, okay. hard question. Mm-hmm. Last one for two points and for glory, mm-hmm. for bragging rights. So far you have four, five, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve points, which is amazing in itself. Mm-hmm. Can we get to 14? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> We're going to try. Okay. So are you familiar with a little game called Streets of Rage 2? Uh, I am familiar. Okay. So, let's talk about Fantasy Zone then. <laughs> In the Fantasy Zone universe. <laughs> Gosh darn what, it. <laughs> what is the name of Opa Opa's brother? I didn't even know he had a brother. <laughs> I, I didn't even Long know. lost brother. <laughs> So he 
is Opa Opa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everyone loves Opa Opa. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yes. What's the name of Opa Opa's brother? <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't even know he had a brother. Um, it's going to be something. It's going to be something similar, like Lopa. Lopa Lopa. Um, so we've got Opa Opa. Oompa Loompa. Yeah. <laughs> that would make it more interesting. Um, <laughs> Oopa, oopa. I'm just going to add an extra O on it and say Oopa Oopa because I haven't got a clue. No idea. I didn't even know he had a brother. So O-O-P-A? O-O-P-A? Yeah, yeah. Oopa Oopa. I, I honestly don't know. Oopa. Is that your final answer? It is my final answer. <laughs> Are you sure? No, no. Do you wish to call a friend? I, I wish I had a friend I could call who would know this. I don't know if I know anyone who would know this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oopa Oopa. Yeah. Spelled O-O-P-A-O-O-P-A. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's say that. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, so if you, if you hadn't spelled the name, mm. I would probably have given you Two points. Okay. But since you did, because oh. the name, the correct answer is, it's Upa Upa, but U-P-A, U-P-A. Oh. What you do is okay. ed you edit the bit out where I spelt the name, and then you give me two points. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I am, I am pretty brutal, known <laughs> as being pretty brutal, and people are saying I'm getting soft in I, my old age. I'm I'm more than happy if you give me one point because I, I will give you one point for the for the pronunciation uh and take one for for the the, the spelling. That's fair enough. I, was just I a... think it's fair. I think it's fair. So one point which still makes it a pretty amazing uh score at the end. So mm -hmm. well done. Thank you. Thank you. 13 points. Ah, unlucky for some. In our ultimate Sonic uh, not Sonic Sega fan challenge pete so that means you get our official sega lounge seal of approval which That's i will good. send to you afterwards thank you good Appreciate job it. good job okay thank you for playing the game no worries. It uh, fun. it's never easy never. it's good what were you going to ask so you were going to ask a streets of rage 2 question were you no 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 i'm oh, just i'm just, just looking for something and <laughs> yeah making time while I, I was looking for something oh fair enough yeah i had streets of rage 2 questions well maybe next time mm. i was gonna when say you, i was because when you said streets race i was like, oh i i've got a chance of this because i i know the game pretty well <laughs> yeah so that was the diversion uh, and i've only played fancy fancy so, a few times streets of rich two questions for my life with sega part two mm. yes when definitely. when you released the, the next book yes in my, my next book if i have another book in me who knows the the retirement years yeah <laughs> So for people looking, you know, listening to this and thinking, should I get the game? Should I get the book? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about, about how it's um, structured Yeah, and why you decided to go with this sort of structure for My Life with Sega? Um, yeah, because it is My Life with Sega, growing up as a Sega fan, it's um, set up chronologically from when I played the games. 
So the first game is Alex Kid in Miracle World because that's the first game I ever played on a Sega console. Um, but then also you've got Master System games later on in the book when I started retro collecting again. So yeah, that's just how it works. And I have at the bottom of the page like a timeline. So each game introduction, there's there's a line at the bottom with a little little arrow that tells you kind of like the era I'm talking about. So you can uh, flick through and see where in time I'm talking about the games and stuff. And that's just how it's structured. So I have it laid out in uh, three sections. The school years, which is mostly Master System and Mega Drive games. Uh, the college years, which is almost exclusively Saturn games, because that's what I was collecting when I was at college. And the work years, which, uh, yeah, is Dreamcast, because that starts with Dreamcast. Um, some Sega games on Xbox, Xbox 360, PSP, um, Neo Geo Pocket Color. Um, so yeah, that's that's really how it works. Um, and like I said, the work years section is when I started um, retro collecting. I got Mega Drive and Master System back and started collecting for those. So there's there's games for those systems in there. And so yeah, when you get to the back of the book, it might be a bit odd to find Master System games reappearing. But yeah, it's just how my life with Sega went really. Mm-hmm. And that's, Makes sense. Yeah, that's how it's structured. So each game. It has um, box art, which is just a scan of my my game. Some of them have some of my own artwork. Um, so I created some artwork for the book. Um, and then I've been drawing and doing Sega artwork throughout my life. So I've used some older things and just used that. Um, there are photos from the past, um, just images of the consoles. Um, yeah, it's just, as it says, my life with Sega. Um, yeah. But yeah, some interesting stories like uh, when I met um, Richard Darling, the create, uh, founder of Codemasters, um, when he just randomly appeared at this small event in a very small village and I uh, played Psycho Pinball for the first time. Um, another event where I went to, because I worked worked at games, so I talked about working at game. Um, we went to a gaming event and that's where I first saw OutRun 2. Um, so there's, there's other like trade events and kind of gaming events, but it's basically what was happening in my life at the time, how it related to the game, how the game affected my life at the time. And that's, yeah, and that's kind of how it's laid out. Um, so yeah, each game, each of the 75 games has an honorable mention, which I've tried to link with the main game. So for example, let's find an example. As I just flick through, like Nights into Dreams, the honorable mention is Christmas Nights because it's an obvious link. Um, Toy Story, the uh, honorable mention is Lion King because Disney games. And yeah, yeah, just just games mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about. Not all of them were, were my favourites. Um, well, there were some games that were my favourites when I was younger, which I don't really appreciate now. Um, so yeah, if, mm-hmm. and that's just how it went. And there's yeah images of some of the soundtracks and some of the merchandise I have. So if you're looking to find some Sega trinkets, you might find some information in there as well. Yep, I like the when you mentioned the the Artrun two. Uh, section of the book mm-hmm. you posted pictures yes of your actual phone yes my the time yes. with pictures in them because you can't <laughs> extract them from the phone yeah, my old um, so, sony ericsson or whatever it was that's a little bit of a um actually a, a trip back in time as well yes right definitely. so it shows how things have evolved yeah, yeah. in terms of technology as well <laughs> I, I did try and find a way of uh getting old photos off off an old like it's one of the earliest color phones i'm trying to get the photo mm-hmm. off there but no i just thought i'll just take a photo of the phone 
with with the uh, image on it of yeah. me me, yeah. ne- me next to a blue Spartan <laughs> and we queued up for Halo Two. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was it was that's fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, back when I. And how can people? Get the book, actually. Where can people get it? There's a few different ways. You can go to lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com, um, and just search Sega, and it's on there. That's They're the publishers, so you can get it direct from the publisher. Um, it's available on Amazon. Just search My Life with Sega. Um, and it's various other outlets as well, like the Book Depository, um, Barnes & Noble in America have it. So I'd just say Google My Life with Sega, or just go on Amazon or lulu.com, and it's, it's there for the taking. Excellent. And it's a great book. So thank you. People should actually do that. Yeah. Try to get it. I hope so. Uh, recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd encourage anybody who does buy it just to get in touch and let me know what you think. I'd love to love the feedback. I'd love to hear what people think about it. It'd be amazing. Excellent. Yeah. And all of the links, as per usual, will be in the show notes. So do check them out and get in touch with, with Pete. Pete, Great. one last question that I ask of all my guests. Okay. Blast processing. Mm. Ever heard of it? Yes. Yes. So if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Oh, um, probably my car. Because <laughs> I can't afford to run a more, more powerful car, so add blood pro- blood, uh, blast processing to my car. Um. And make it make it faster and more powerful. That'd be amazing. My car is called Sonic, by the way, because it's a small kind of round blue thing. Um, okay. So yeah, blood pro- blast processing on my car would be uh, would be perfect. <laughs> excellent. That's an excellent an excellent uh, answer. Anything else you'd like to say to people listening in who are now getting familiar with the game with the book, or maybe who have you know seen something about the book but haven't really bought it yet? Um, I would just say I would just love it if you gave it a go. Just just give it a chance, see how you feel. Um and I would just love feedback, really, just to see what you think. Um, good or bad. And yeah, and if you relate, I'd love to hear your stories. I think I've put in the back of the book my my email or ways to contact me. And if you have some similar stories, I'd love to hear them. Love to talk about Sega anytime with anyone. So yeah. Excellent. And I think that that's a good reason to have you back soon to talk about Sega. Yeah, absolutely. Love to. Let's do that. Let's do that soon. Pete, thank you very much for coming on the Sega Lounge. Thank you for inviting me. All the best for my life with Sega and maybe my life with Sega part. Maybe if I have any more stories. The later work years. Yeah. The retirement years. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) When I start playing all the Yakuza games, I can start writing about those. The Yakuza years. Yes. 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 A book just about that. It's got a good ring to it, that has. <laughs> <laughs> the, when I joined the Yakuza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could get me in trouble. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, Pete, thank you very much. No problem. I love recording this chat with Pete Gibbons. If you liked what you heard, 
consider ordering his book My Life with Sega and diving into his memories of his school, university, and work years as a fan of the Big Blue. Links for the book can be found in the show notes. That's it for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and if you did, consider sharing the episode with friends and on social media, as well as returning next week. Next week, we're going back to Sega of Europe. Well, not really, it's more of a virtual tour. And our guest was at home when we recorded, so just never mind that. But I'm still having a chat with an employee of Sega of Europe. To find out who it is, come back next week. Until then, stay safe out there, enjoy your week, and play some Sega games. Bye bye The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.